0: I'm Jared Bias, and this is How to Disagree, a mini-series based on my book, Love Matters More, where we explore the question, how do we love people well when we disagree about important things? Hey, hey, welcome. Today, vaccines. Can a friendship survive different convictions about vaccines in the age of COVID? I'm talking with Megan and Tiffany, two friends who continue to disagree about this, but have found a way to make their friendship even stronger in the face of their disagreements. For this episode throughout, I was reminded of the writer, Simone de Beauvoir, whose book, The Ethics of Ambiguity, which I love by the way, has this powerful concept. We can have hopes for a better world. We can work hard for a better world, but if it takes dehumanizing other people to get there, the medicine is just as dangerous as the disease. And Megan and Tiffany have this innate ability to humanize the other person and a curiosity that helps them to see the humanity in each other. They both have it. And it was great to see. I hope you enjoy dropping into this conversation with Megan and Tiffany. Welcome to the podcast, Megan and Tiffany.
1: Thank you. Thanks Good Good to for to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: So um, just introduce yourself and how do you know each other?
1: I'm Megan Briggs. I Let's see, Tiffany and I know each other from church. We met each other in church, and both of our She has two kids, and I have two kids, and they are the exact same age. Mm -hmm. So we met in like a young mom's group years ago. Our kids are teenagers now.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And neither of us go to that
1: church anymore. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Uh, My name is Tiffany Fink,
2: and uh, I'm a trauma mentor. And Megan and I have been friends for about... Almost 10 years, I would say. More recently, we've become closer. Probably uh, not being in church together has actually helped um, kind of open up our conversation and our our paths of like spirituality um, have really crossed and our stars have aligned.
0: Well, and for those of you who would never know this, this is the first episode we're having where Megan and Tiffany are here in the studio with me. So we'll see if you can tell any difference and what that, what that means or not. It's more awkward for me because I'm used to staring off into space Mm -hmm. so I can think Mm -hmm. and I can't do that because I have to, (laughs) I have to look at you guys. Um, okay. So what are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about vaccines and your disagreements as friends. You've been friends for Mm -hmm. 10 years and you also have this interesting relationship where I think you guys probably debate and disagree a lot about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So that's, going to be fun to dig into. <laughs> uh, but I asked this with a few of the other people that I've had on this podcast. What's the first conversation, if you can remember it, that you had around vaccines? And just play back for us. How did that go?
2: I Let's see. We were planning to go to a retreat. She Megan was planning a retreat with a friend of ours. And I was really excited. We were all signed up, ready to go. And then... She gave me, she called me and she said, you know what? The institution that we were going to hold the retreat at, they're actually um, asking for everyone to be vaccinated. And I said, well, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And she immediately was like, Tiff, like, come on now. Megan's really good at like staying in the gray and understanding where people are coming from. And I kind of jumped on like, well, I don't want to go if they're not going to allow if they're going to segregate like that. And so I am not vaccinated. And I'm, um, I don't know if the about like 50% of the group, I think, weren't. So it was kind of a big deal because the retreat had to be canceled pretty much. And um, but through that, we had Mm -hmm. this like two hour conversation on the phone where she was really good with listening to me. And then and then us discussing, like, why is it a big deal for mm-hmm. me to not, it, it kind of became personal. It was, de- it's definitely personal. I think that through this, like, vaccination conversation, I've been noticing, you know, this is like, I have had conversations, not not just with good friends, but my sister, like, this is a family thing. Like, mm-hmm. not getting vaccinated has become a, a huge, I didn't mean it to be like this countercultural conscientious objection to everything, but Mm -hmm. it did organically, not because I wanted to make, you know, waves, but because I wanted to stay true to my own intuition. So
1: that was kind of the Roots of it. Mm-hmm. What do you remember?
0: Yeah, what's your perspective, Megan?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're, you know, actual. I mean, you said that's effed up <laughs> um, pretty strongly when I called you and told you that the um, retreat center was requiring vaccinations. And I'm not going to lie, I was very emotional around it too. And it was, it took a lot of effort for me to stay in the conversation with her to seek to understand because I think. That was at the end of the summer. I mean, COVID numbers were going down in the beginning of the summer and people were getting back into public and meeting and then COVID numbers went up. And um, and then there were conversations about maybe kids not going back to school. and, And I was very much thinking like, how is this gonna affect my life and who's to blame? And I was in my mind blaming the people who weren't vaccinated. And that caused me to think about like, yes, how does that affect my life personally? And so that kind of that led to me being just frustrated with the person at hand, my friend Tiffany, who I was on the phone with who um, wasn't vaccinated. And but because I value her friendship, and also I'm more of a curious person too, instead of And I really value instead of writing people off. And I think that's what Tiffany sensed in that conversation that I was like, well, there has to be like, tell me more. Why? Like, what is the reason behind your not getting vaccinated? And through that conversation, it was um, I mean, I, I changed. I mean, I like my heart softened. I understood where she was coming from, which then also led me to realize, like, understand where probably a lot of people are coming from and then subsequent conversations with different people who've decided to not get vaccinated like it I think in my mind it was I'd stereotyped people who had decided not to get vaccinated and then through different conversations it was um all different reasons you know <laughs> and in my mind it's like duh you know people make different reasons for different or the same decision for different reasons and that that was the beauty in staying in the conversation and and understanding, because my heart and mind was open mm-hmm. as well, and then I was able to step outside. Like, how is this going to affect my life? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And still, and said, um, where is Tiffany and other people coming from?
0: Mm-hmm. So, how has that impacted those early conversations? Has that impacted your relationship since then? In in what ways, maybe, has it?
2: I mean, I would say that Megan is unique with her background; that she knows how to sit in a conversation and listen and and not try to change as she's listening like try to change me and so there has always been freedom in conversation in interaction to be myself I think that's part of this like I can't have these types of conversations with anyone because I don't feel safe (laughs) <laughs> so I think the safety factor is important. And yeah, I think that as time has gone on, I mean, we have a lot of those types of conversations. <laughs> so I feel like our relationship was already in a that kind of dynamic where mm-hmm. we could talk and challenge each other. I think the challenging each other is unique. Mm-hmm.
1: And I honestly, like I think to answer the question of how has, you know, since August, since those initial f- first conversations, and I mean, that was one of probably Three two hour long conversations so many, you know, know. around uh, even this this one topic, we've gotten closer
0: mm-hmm. in, in what ways what what does that what does that mean?
1: Well, I would also say that in like physically, we are
2: interacting because she's not afraid to be around me. I think that that is actually something super basic that like I've noticed not being vaccinated and being with family and friends who are. I can't go to family functions now. I can't go. I can't see my friend who's visiting from Seattle. Like, so there are things happening in my life Mm. that I'm noticing I I can't interact with people Mm. because they're afraid. Mm -hmm. So I think that having friends who most of my friends are vaccinated, but they're not afraid to hang out with me like Mm -hmm. I think that, that is kind of basic, too, that our interactions of um, just time together, mm-hmm. and then when we're together, we can talk about, we kind of talk about everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing seems to be off topic, you mm-hmm. know, off the table.
1: So that allows safety.
0: Mm-hmm. What about for you when you say it in you've gotten closer what what does that mean for you
1: yeah the ability to just muse like take time I mean my you know the um, five love languages my number one top is time and so the fact that Tiffany is just she's available and then to muse on things and talk about like and even to to remain and stay curious and open and I think it's interesting because this topic specifically about vaccines I'm pretty pro vaccine and pro science and I mean from what I gathered from from Tiffany's reasoning behind not getting vaccinated is it's very like intuitive and I mean she can speak more to that if we want to get into that but it's it's like she is able like we're both able to stay curious about topics and even though we have certain strong opinions it's like like she said there's nothing off the table to Deconstruct. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's like we're neither of us are super like tied to attached to anything. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know, and it's in, I probably have a hard time even articulating it because we both are really opinionated, mm-hmm. but we, we don't hold, it But Don't hold to, it tight. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I would also say uh-huh. that like anyone friends with me <laughs> gets tested. I'm pretty countercultural. I mean, it started out with the election and the energy that I felt from the election was so there was just so much discord and divisiveness that I stepped away from it. I didn't vote. And that was the big one where like I, I was like quiet about it. And I was like, I can't even tell my friends like it was, it's, it's scary to say anything because you got to vote. Right. So I did it and I stepped away. And that actually helped me to realize to focus on the energies instead of the words. So when the vaccination stuff came out and it was like time to get it, everyone needs to get it. All I heard was shame. There's a lot of shame language and in our culture and in our society, the narrative of like, and I I just, I didn't like also the fruit that it was producing. It, It felt the same energy as the election. The vaccination talk feels like a lot of discord and a lot of divisiveness. And so I just stepped away from it. And it's pretty... I mean, Megan the other day said, you know, I still don't really understand why you're not getting it, but I respect it. And that for me is huge, right, to just be able to say to someone, I don't understand, but it's okay to not understand. Mm -hmm. And then on my end to say, it's okay to not be understood, but I love to be, (laughs) but it's nice to be understood by your friends Mm because I have a lot of close family that still doesn't try to understand. So, I think that's really big too. Mm
0: -hmm. So, it sounds like, and just through having some of these conversations, there are people who are able to differentiate, it just sounds like you can, between holding deep-seated opinions about important things that are, are important to you, and yet I don't know the language here and yet not have it filter into your identity in such a way you feel threatened by people who disagree with you. Or is it like there's a prioritization of these things where it's like, yeah, it is really important, Mm -hmm. but there's still a few things that are more important than that. Like,
1: yes, I would say I probably, I mean, the word that keeps coming up is curious and able to muse about things. Like, I think I prioritize that in a friendship And I see that and have that with Tiffany. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's a level of intellect. There's a level of... and and Tiffany and I both relate on our trauma work. Like I'm a therapist, you know, my background is in counseling and human services. And Tiffany and I both have been exposed to a lot of human suffering and human pain, and we've both traveled a lot. And so our perspective on humanity is really similar. We've had similar exposures to, to things and have both have a deep desire to heal trauma in ourselves and in other people. And so that is an aspect that her and i connect on and so yeah i think like i value connecting with people who are deeply curious and who are very open Mm -hmm. and like tiffany said like that provides a space of um, feeling safe and feeling like the person that you're with and tiffany and i in our friendship is we both feel like I, i mean i feel like there's a world to discover in you like i feel like you know, like you said, we can talk about anything and nothing is off limits and it's just super fun. And yes, I love you and your mind, but also I love what you bring out of me. Mm-hmm. And you're able to hold space for me to like go anywhere in my mind, oh. which is super, <laughs> which is super fun. Mm-hmm. And whatever the issue is that we disagree on, that is a lower priority than the space that you provide mm-hmm. where I can feel safe and held and
2: I think also recently in the past six months, uh, my relationships have changed because I took out media and social media. So, I mean, it sounds weird, but it really did affect like tremendously my peace and my energies and who I wanted to spend time with. And I mean, so I just have a handful of people that I see on a regular basis. Megan is one of them. And uh, I compare it to like Walden Thoreau's life at, The pond and just like how quiet it is now. And that is why I'm really trusting my intuition in this and not trusting the media and social media. And so that has, I think, brought in a new aspect in our friend group is when someone is living drastically different and countercultural, it's a whole nother discussion. It's a whole nother learning experience. I'm pretty much like experimenting with my life, and i'm I'm finding a lot of peace this way. So that has helped me with this with all these political discussions because it doesn't feel political to me this this, you know, not getting vaccinated. And although the discussion, of all of this is political it doesn't f- personally it just feels like it's a you know intuitive thing that I'm
0: so um, I'm curious Megan because I always try to anticipate how other people often feel in these situations so I'm going to pick on you mm-hmm. um, for this one is how do you navigate this idea that spending time with someone that is practicing something that you might think is, is harmful to the greater society or culture is mm-hmm. kind of condoning that or accept- like that I think that's often the reason why is if there's a pressure mm-hmm. to say other people will think that I am condoning this or I'm okay with it if sure. I'm investing in a relationship with someone who's on the other side of this thing. Mm-hmm. So, how do you navigate those voices?
1: I mean, that was something that I did – think through and about in August and why I was in support of the institution as the the institution we're going to have our retreat at. I was I mean, what I didn't matter. It didn't matter what I thought. But I I personally, I was thankful that they decided to have the vaccine uh, mandate for that for the retreat center. It helped me personally feel safer Going And I did actually end up going with another friend of mine. The whole you know retreat got changed of what we were planning, um, but I did end up going. And I felt secure and safe going to the retreat center, knowing that everyone else there was vaccinated back in August. And then how to navigate personally my relationship with Tiffany or with other people who aren't vaccinated. It wasn't like, OK, that's fine. Like it took a process in my mind to feel comfortable spending time with her and other people who I have subsequently spent time with and we did actually end up holding our retreat with a, a you know half of the people who came weren't vaccinated and at a different uh private location but it wasn't just like a switch was flipped like it took time for me to seek to understand it probably took time for me to learn more about the science and know a little bit more I mean knowing that Tiffany is like kind of a recluse right now (laughs) she doesn't spend time with a lot of people so um, you know that personally does make me feel a little bit secure um, as far as uh, COVID goes and then I have saw and I and I same standard that I hold for other people and their personal decisions that I feel secure in my own health because i'm vaccinated and then how i handle other people's decisions about anything i mean we could talk about gun ownership in america probably that you know how people drive their cars (laughs) you know a lot of risky behavior kind of goes in the same category as getting getting vaccinated or not vaccinated and how i seek to understand other people's behavior that does have effect on other people has a lot i mean i (laughs) seek to understand and stay curious and so much of my strategy around that is to seek to understand other people and when i have the opportunity to have a conversation and i have facilitated civil conversations and the reason why i've been doing that since 2017 as well is because i need to sit down with people who have different thoughts and opinions than me and have long form conversations to, to hear about what's the behind, because I can easily like stereotype people. Well, they must be that, they must be that. And then inevitably, every single time I have a longer conversation, my mind is changed and the person becomes more of a whole human being and they came to these decisions because of this reason, that reason, because of this history, that experience, because of their temperament. So that's how I navigate it. It doesn't cause me to change my mind, but it causes me to see people who have different opinions as complex human beings
0: so it doesn't change your mind about the issue at hand it changes mm-hmm. your mind about the people you're interacting with yeah yeah mm-hmm. and that's important for and you. it's
1: important and it softens my heart like honestly i could sit in a turmoil of anger and irritation and frustration with a lot of the policies in america and a lot of the reasons why people make decisions whatever just humans all over the globe but i would not be able to sleep well at night i would be irritated and frustrated and that's not what kind of person i want to be i when i see people as complex human beings with trauma and different experiences and different culture and different expectations on them. Like, like, again, like, it just opens to the universe of every human being. And I'm more fascinated than irritated.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So you're, it helps you to navigate the world in a way that is more fitting for who you want to be to be curious and fascinated than frustrated exactly. and judgmental. Exactly. So, as you think about what makes your relationship with each other, because it sounds like you probably have people in your life that don't interact the same way that Tiffany would, right? You're drawn to Tiffany mm-hmm. in a specific way and you're drawn to Megan. It's clear you have maybe family and other people who don't, mm-hmm. you know, want to interact with you on on these level. What else, if there's anything else about each other as you're observing your relationship, like what makes that a safe place for Disagreement. Because again, I think the larger context that's helpful for people to know is it wasn't this one thing. This got dropped into a relationship where you often will have heated conversations and disagree about things. And your relationship isn't strong in spite of that. In a lot of ways, I think it's because of that. Mm -hmm. So, can you speak more to your relationship and what makes the dynamic between you or the characteristics in each of you susceptible to... Having it be a safe place.
2: I find that there is a lot of respect. I would say that is important between the two of us is our relationship has always felt. I just know I've always learned from Megan. When we talk, we go running for hours. Sometimes it's still not enough time. Mm -hmm. And when we talk, we're just always bouncing things back and forth and... I find that it's important just on not just on a political, you know, discussion, but we just vulnerability with each other, family wise, being mothers and and she was with me through my divorce. I mean, that was huge, you know, to to be with me through difficult times and like a friendship is so much more than just these topics right it's just kind of it's the energy that we the synergy that we have together Mm -hmm. and the respect for your opinion but also that opinion isn't defining you Mm -hmm. Um, it's Mm -hmm. not your identity and I think that also is important for both of us is Mm self-identity so I think that we're not coming to each other to fill each other's you know, like to change each other in some way. Like we're both pretty good with self-identity and confidence in and just being like safe in, within ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's important too. The safety within ourselves to the comfort mm-hmm. and then saying, oh, I have this beautiful friend that I can mm-hmm. commune with, but not she's not going to... I'm not going to her to, like, fix me mm-hmm. or, you know, or, like, I don't even think we even go to each other for advice. It's not even advice. It's like we just listen to each other and then we kind of, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's a beautiful kind of freeing, it's a very freer friendship. I don't even, yeah, it's hard to describe. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, everything, I don't know what I would add to that. I mean, to... Two of the things kind of logistically just fun and helpful is and common is, like I said at the beginning, that our we, have, we each have two kids and they're both the same age. And we did meet at church and then have over the years deconstructed, reconstructed, like our faith has changed and flowed and a lot of it has been in response to because of the conversations that we've had or feelings that we've had or books that we've read or things that we've observed so we mm-hmm. both really like the same kind of things we both at the same kind of thoughts and questions about life and faith and motherhood and friendship and I'm a big runner and love running and Tiffany has ebbed and flowed through running and not running but most of the time yoga, she'll, she'll come you know, like, running with yeah. me and we'll do yoga together Russian bath house. Yes. yeah I mean, we're
2: always trying different yeah. things
1: so we like to do activities together too so a lot a big yeah. part of our friendship yeah is talking but also I think an important part element of a good friendship is that you like to do some of the same stuff together and then obviously life stage too
2: yeah Mm -hmm. it was a pretty big deal that you walked through the my spiritual kind of i let go of christianity and i that was very big for my own i grew up super strong christian and meeting megan was kind of a breath of fresh air because she didn't hold on to those philosophies as dogma and so that helped me to, you know, when you have even just one friend to allow permission to be free in any way, that gives permission. For some reason, as humans, we need that. We, it's just like, so that permission helped me to explore a little bit more of what where I was at at the time. So the past, like, I would say I'm 37 now. So starting in my early 30s was huge in letting go of a lot of the philosophies that were not helpful for me in my relationships. And, and Megan was a very big part of walking with me through that. So I think when you go through a lot of like life shifts, mm-hmm. that some topics are just kind of fun to throw around and shoot around and not...
1: Yeah, you know, and not worry about what people are going to think or the yeah. person with you because there are a lot of people who have... And, and, I, and I am under the philosophy of I'm not um, a soapbox person. I'm not going to stand in the corner and say, this is what I don't believe anymore and why because that's not helpful for a lot of people and situations and i totally respect that and i i really super value meeting people where they're at and probably a lot of that has to do with my state of just wanting to be curious about human about people's journeys and stories and not not needing or wanting people to believe a certain way or do certain things um the only person that I have the most control over is myself. And sometimes I like to think it's my kids, but now that they're teens, I definitely don't. So, so um mm-hmm. people need to make their own decisions for themselves. And I want to like give to people space to talk and share and muse. I mean, because I know because that I mean, like I said before, my talking things out in like real time, no no answer needed with Tiffany listening has has helped me so much in how I navigate my decisions in life.
2: I, there seems to also be a lot of like respect for making your own decision, like be your own person mm-hmm. and make your decision mm-hmm. and not uh, point fingers at other people that are not doing the same thing. But I feel like overall, like our, our friend group, too, there just seems to be an openness to think for yourself and not worry so much about what other people think. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important for all of us is like, Mm -hmm. what do you want? What do you think?
0: The flip side of the the freedom that you talked about earlier, you gave each other permission to be more free. The flip side of that is less control, right? We're not trying to control you and you're Mm -hmm. not trying to control each other, which Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes when we get into the emotionally charged topics, it's really hard not to slip into Mm -hmm. what I really want to do is just control your behavior Mm -hmm. so that I'm less afraid or so that... Or this sense of justice or, you know, righteousness that needs to happen in the world, and Mm -hmm. then we would all be less afraid. Mm -hmm. And so, I think sometimes that comes from this fear, which, again, can come out as, like, control. And I feel like you guys, when you interact with each other, there isn't this sense of needing to control each other in Mm -hmm. any way. Mm
2: -hmm. No, we definitely would not be friends if we were trying to control each other. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably, the greatest value. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And that control energy is pretty strong right now. I would mm-hmm. say throughout the media and social media, is, it's, it feels very controlling. And I feel it also within just relationships when it comes to talking about it, that, that it feels controlling. It feels like I can't be, I can't do things. It's like, it's wrong. I feel like I'm invalid if when I'm in. That's why I'm more of a recluse now because I'm like, well, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the way that it is right now. Mm-hmm. But I also really appreciate friendships like Megan and and just, you know, people who validate me (laughs) is helpful, even though I need to validate myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all that is important, but also to have just some friends that that are understanding. And Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: it also seems really basic to say, but I think is really important because of social media and other things that what you were just talking about is you're deeply invested in other parts of life with each other. Mm -hmm. So, whether it's a divorce or spiritual transition or parenting or doing activities Mm – sometimes we can boil relationships down to these things because that's all we put on social media and that's all we interact. If if 80% of the people we interact with are online Mm -hmm. and not actually people we know that well and we're not investing in very tangible, bodily, emotionally invested ways, Mm -hmm. we just start to boil our own identities and relationships and everything down to these like five hot topics. And it's a very volatile, volatile. unsteady Mm -hmm. basis for a relationship. Mm -hmm. But you guys have... Uh, this kind of you have heaps and heaps of other social capital and investment exactly in your relationship, mm-hmm. and so to make slight withdrawals about even important things, yep. you have all these deposits mm-hmm. in your relationship that don't threaten the relationship. Was that a good way of saying that? Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. 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 Great way to I say it. We yeah. forget
2: mm-hmm. how much media and social media affects us in that mm-hmm. way relationally, right? Yeah. Like I, yes. uh, twice this past week, I heard someone say they seem great. I saw them on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay. I
0: really, I only, you know, over post whenever I'm, you know, know, that's a great line of of figuring out a baseline. Mm -hmm. If they say, if they have smiling on Instagram, they're clearly (laughs) doing amazing. Amazing.
2: (laughs) I know. It's crazy that we base so much of it off of that. Yeah. So that was a very big change that I found in my relationships. Yeah.
0: Okay. So as we, as we wrap up, what's thinking about maybe whether it's specific to vaccination or just having relationships with people you disagree with, Mm -hmm. what's a piece of advice you can leave with listeners? Something that you found extremely helpful in navigating things, especially maybe the last few years when there seems to be a lot of disagreement about things.
1: Yeah. I think to jump off of the controlling or the word that kept coming to my mind when you were both saying control is agenda like Mm -hmm. there's personal agenda family agenda like agendas that we have for people to believe certain ways or or vote certain ways but i've realized that that's not how humans function and i then have have sunk deeper into the human level the human functioning level like how do humans actually function mm-hmm. humans aren't robots like it would be lovely if they were because then i could program them to do that to do exactly what i want them to do but i think one way in the morning and i go to bed at night thinking a different mm-hmm. way myself so my main like advice or way of being now in the world is to seek to understand people Um, who make up these systems that are tricky and complicated and and to put the agenda aside and just look in the eyes of the people that you're with Mm -hmm. and ask questions and stay curious.
0: Mm -hmm. What about you?
1: I would probably say to just be able
2: to see the human next to you as not a leper. (laughs) (laughs) I think that there's just a lot of fear right now So I would say question your fears and to that's kind of has been my journey that shifted heavily was when I started asking why I was doing things, asking where my voices were coming from and and are they intuitive. And so I I don't know, just like less fear, less shame. That's been a big, big thing for Megan and I. We talk a lot is less shame talk within ourselves and then because we pass it on to friends to children it's a frequency that we pass on so
0: yeah i often say it, learning not to shoot on ourselves mm-hmm. and on other people Mm-hmm. Which is really difficult to do. A lot of ought. There's a lot that. of ought language and mm-hmm. obligation language. Which I'm kind of out of that world. I don't. And it, but when I see it, I'm like, what, why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where's this coming from? It almost feels like there's this puppet master so out there mm-hmm. that there's so many shoulds and yes. oughts and obligations. Yes, I'm like, where, where does mm-hmm. this come from? Um, and of course, there's good social cultural. Narrative. Yeah, right. right. Questioning
2: right. the social
1: narrative. I think that's mm-hmm. that's what we do a lot, probably. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is question the social. Yes. Na- all the narratives. Yes. Like yes. basically question everything question everything Um, but I love Tiffany's lines of um, or I'll quote you no fear no shame no rush Mm -hmm. and I really like the no rush part and that's been really helpful for me who who my M.O. is productivity (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) make
1: the to-do list get the to-do list done so to be reminded
0: of the no rush Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that we're that's all
1: social narrative
2: stay busy
0: Right. Well, thank you both for jumping on and opening up your friendship to people to see inside. That's a vulnerable (laughs) thing. So I really appreciate that you responded to my request to have Mm -hmm. you on. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. you. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this episode. If you haven't already, please pick up a copy of the book, Love Matters More, How Fighting to Be Right Keeps Us from Loving Like Jesus. And if you like it, rate and review it where you can online. If you don't, Keep that to yourself. I don't need anyone else to speak the truth and love to me about the book. Thanks so much.